welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. Would you give your best work away for free? Your books, your articles, your stories and more? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to this week's edition of the Become a Writer Today podcast. Now, giving your work away for free is a fantastic way of making a name for yourself and building connections with other people. It's also a great way of testing ideas and it's something I've been doing lately. So each morning I spend about 15 minutes using the site Quora. If you're not familiar with Quora, it's basically a question and answer site and it's a fantastic way of figuring out what questions people are searching for online. And then you can use these questions to inform whatever it is you're going to write about. Obviously, this applies to nonfiction writers. So anyway, what I do is I go into Quora and I browse through the different topics that I subscribe to, such as habits, productivity, time management, creativity, and so on. I'll save a couple of questions to my answer later feed, and then I'll go into the answer later feed and I'll pick one to two questions. And I'll typically write a 150 to 300 word answer to that question. The goal isn't really to get lots of shares or for the answer to become viral. It's simply just to clarify my thinking on the particular question and also to figure out if this is something I want to write a longer article about. And perhaps I could use that article for Forbes, perhaps I could use it for Medium, or I could even turn it into a book chapter. At the very least, Quora offers a way of validating ideas. Because there's nothing more tragic than spending hours and hours working on something only for nobody to buy it, nobody to read it or engage with it. But it only takes a few minutes to answer a Quora question. Some of the questions I've answered include, why am I so completely and totally unproductive when at home, sweet home? And as somebody who writes at home a lot, that's a question I felt like I could answer. What keeps you motivated to achieve your goals? Do I really have to write every day to get better at it? What exactly is hard work? When and where are you most creative and so on. So basically, once I have an answer to that question, I don't overthink it and I just write the answer and then I'll review it later on and see if it's something I want to expand on. And all of that brings me to the subject of giving away your best work for free. You see, many authors give away their first book in a popular series for free on sites like Amazon because it serves as a lead magnet, a lead magnet that encourages readers to buy the next book in the series, which of course they will pay for, and that in turn will help you gain loyal readers and increase your income from writing. And of course, giving your work away for free isn't something that's confined to just writers. Entrepreneurs use this strategy too. Consider the 30-day trial you might take out of a service like Spotify or Amazon Prime. And it's something that musicians are using as well. Daniel Bordowski is one musician who gives away his work for free, or at least he gave it away for free when he was getting started a few years ago. He's a Czech-born independent musician and composer, and his instrumental music has been featured in over 2,000 projects, including the US National Parks Project. And he actually recently collaborated with the popular entrepreneur and author Gary Vaynerchuk. Now, this year, Daniel is on track to earn over $300,000 from his music, and that's up from $50,000 when he started a few years ago. Now, I know Daniel's not a writer in the traditional sense, but he's still engaged in creative work. And that's something that's always fascinated me because I believe writers can learn from anybody engaged in creative pursuits. And his approach to giving away his work for free helped him build a name as an instrumental musician. 
Now, in this week's interview, we talk about why every creative should give away at least some of their work for free at first, what it takes to build a network with influencers online, the likes of Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, how he balances the business of what he does with his creative projects and his albums, and the importance of finding time for your art. There's lots more we get into, but I started by asking Daniel to describe how exactly he got started with music production in the first place and what it took to turn this into a business. So uh, I've been playing the piano since, since the age of six. I was attending local uh, school in here, but uh, I never really enjoyed playing the piano because you get sheet music and you need to play according to your teacher and everything needs to be the way it should be, right? So I never really enjoyed the piano at the beginning when I was young. I just wanted to, you know, when you are seven, eight years old, you just want to get out and be with friends outside. And I had to practice piano. But um, it all changed uh, because in here in our country, we have like an IMDB, local IMDB. And I started working there when I was 14 years old. For free, of course. I was doing everything for free. I was like a like, uh, content administrator. And over time, I got in touch with the owner. We started being maybe friends later on. And uh, as I was working there, I started feeling more, more emotions when it comes to films. You know, like I, I, really, I really wanted to be part of something when it comes to films. I wanted to be more, more in that area. So I started doing that full time. Of course, I was still attending high school at that time, so I was trying to balance that. And uh, over time, I stopped being the administrator and I started doing films for, for that site. And at that time, it, it was very interesting because a very important uh, opportunity came by for, for, for the website. We went to Los Angeles to make a documentary about Hollywood studios. And we met amazing people, including international, uh, worldwide known film composers, uh, James Newton Howard. And I was at that time, I was 17 years old. And I was sitting at lunch with uh, James Newton Howard and at his home with his family. It was just uh, a crazy idea for me to happen. And we went even to, to his studio. And that was the first time when I started thinking about coming back to music. The school I made here, the music school, I was done with that. And I didn't touch piano since that time I left that school. Sorry to interrupt you there, but just for the benefit of people listening, James yeah. Newton Howard is the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the composer of albums like The Dark Knight and Batman Begins and so on. That's it, yeah. He worked with Hans Zimmer on that one, but he did King Kong, Hunger Games series. Yep. And uh, when I was in, uh, in his studio, it wasn't the studio that uh, caught my attention, it was his personality. Because he is very, very interesting person and he's very nice and kind. And he was a little bit nervous as we were there. And it should be the other way around, right? Like he's like somebody. And uh, his personality really, really catched me that, you know, like he's in his own studio, just doing his own thing. When we came back from LA, I just uh, downloaded all the apps and I was like, let's try this. Maybe, maybe I can do that, you know, like. Because when you are making films, it's really difficult. You need, to, you need to have a team of people. You need to work on projects. You need to leave your town oftentimes. And so I really thought that that's maybe not for me, making films. So I started doing music. And as I was in touch with some composers uh, when I was doing films, 
one my friend gave me an advice to put everything out for free at the beginning because you will get a lot of feedback. So that's a great opportunity to know if your music is worth being shared. So that's what I did. I made three three songs and it was interesting process because uh, I didn't go to school for three days because I just uh, was at home and it really catched me, the music and making it and trying to fix all the all the aspects of the tracks, you know, like orchestra and piano and make it sound good. Yeah, so for three days, I just stayed at home and I didn't go to school. My parents still don't know. <laughs> and yeah, so, and from that on, I was just making music all the time. Uh, I was just putting it out. And the three tracks, I put it on Free Music Archive and it got downloaded like 5,000 times the first, the first week. And people started getting in touch with me, like we want to use it for commercial purposes. And things really changed very quickly from that time, yeah. Okay, so like I'm not a musician, so I'm not familiar with Free Music Archive, but often uh, writers you know, will give away their stuff for free on sites like, like Medium. So it sounds like you're advocating putting something out there and getting feedback. And that's a great way of building your name online. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's the best way to start because your music gets used on so many places. Like yourself, you wouldn't be able to reach them, right? So people use it. And when listeners like your music, they will just find you on Spotify. And that's the way how to start slowly making an income. Uh, and of course, like you don't want to put your music for free forever, right? So like at the beginning is the best way to, to just make a boom. Yeah. So how did how did you make the transition then from giving away music for free to building your your business as a creative professional? So uh, what I did is I started building a network of of licensing of people from licensing industry. I'm in touch with uh, my music is now part of Artlist. Maybe you're familiar with that. It's like the number one uh, licensing site on the internet right now. I decided that I want to put my music on a lot of these platforms where people just pay for, for using your music and to license it for their own work, projects. And so, yes, this is pretty much uh, like 90% of my income is coming from, from licensing inquiries and uh, people even reach out to me directly. So uh, that's the best way to, to sell music. And it's, it's like the, the best thing about my music, about, about instrumental music is that it can be used anywhere in the world. Like people understand that music. And it led you to work with Gary Vaynerchuk, is that right? Uh, yeah, that was before because, as I said, my music uh, is out for free. And uh, I even reached out to some YouTube channels saying, here's my music. If you want to use it, just use it. Please just only credit me and you can use it for free. You can monetize, you can do whatever. And this one very popular motivational channel used my music and they combined the speech of Gary Vee and uh, my music and it got 4 millions of views and even the team of Gary Vee noticed that this video is somehow doing very great like even better than their videos so uh, they used the video on their own channel and I was just like I, of course I'm always like trying to find projects with my music I'm you know, like reaching out to these people who use my music. And I just typed a comment. Thanks, Gary, for using my music. You know, like, it's great. Thank you. I watched your videos, blah, blah, blah. And then um, his main video editor, David Rock, just uh, replied. He put his email there and he said, email me. So I emailed him and we started working. And they used some of my old work. They licensed that. But uh, somehow we were in touch for six months. 
And it was a great idea to maybe make something original for Gary's content. Yeah, so that's how, how, how it happened. And has that been published yet or otherwise? Yes, uh, the soundtrack uh, was published online, but uh, the tracks are being slowly implemented into, into Gary Vaynerchuk original films, which uh, get released uh, like once a month. Yeah. So, yeah. So what has working with somebody like Gary done for your career so far? It was a very interesting process because there's a lot of people in his team that I was in touch with. And working for him was, uh, was a huge experience for me because it was my big, like, first big project. I was making some original music for somebody. And uh, it was just uh, like working with a team, doing emails, FaceTimes, because they are, of course, in New York. So it's not really like, possible to make music there with my studio being here. So um, that's what we did with FaceTime. And we discussed everything over email. And I made the music. The team helped me with the titles to put like, a good title. And even they help because it's important to figure out the sound, like what sound we want uh, the tracks to be, because it's really important to make the kind of music which will not interfere with the dialogue of Gary talking. And, you know, and when the soundtrack got released and uh, the team Gary V promoted the soundtrack on their page, you know, I just had the amazing opportunity to be part of the community to be part of the, the community where fans from Gary V come and they inspire each other and, they, you know, like they listen to that album when they go to gym, when they go to work, when they are working, and it's really uh, it's a great feedback. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm curious then, how do you balance the time it takes to compose an album like that with with all the other things you're now doing because you're running a business? Yeah. So uh, mostly, I'm trying to combine these two things by doing music at some days and then taking days off for music and doing more like some other stuff. It doesn't always work that way because sometimes you get musical ideas just out of nowhere. So you need to sit and make, make the tracks and things needs to go uh, like promotion, business and, and ads, running ads and stuff like that. It needs to go uh, on the side because I need to like make music. But it's not really easy to, to combine these two things because for a musician, it's quite difficult to, to promote his own music on his own because he just wants to make music, right? Like most of the musicians just want to work and they want to hire somebody. So but I'm always trying to do both things because uh, I love being in the business industry a little bit, trying to find a balance, but sometimes it's not easy. Have you hired somebody? Yes, I have a manager who manages my emails because of the inquiries. I don't really have that much time for that. But other than the manager, I don't really have anybody right now. Okay. And I'm curious, a lot of writers and, and musicians, I'm sure, would say that it's very hard to make a living and I don't know if you're aware of the, the idea of the starving artist. So, uh, you know, you, you work in your craft, but you, you don't have any money. And it's kind of romanticized, the idea that you're, you're a musician or a writer and you're broke. Is that something that you believe in or have you found otherwise? Uh, I certainly believe that there's a lot of talented people who are just maybe not capable of making their art and then find a way to monetize their their work just what we talked about you need to be able to make music or make art and then you need to take the time off and find a way to promote your work and i believe that somebody just uh, some people just um, don't really enjoy promoting themselves and they think maybe it's wrong like you know to, to like i'm this is my music this is the best like listen to it so 
I believe definitely there's a lot of people who are really talented and they just don't know how to put it out, you know? So I, I believe that really if you just make something and put it out for free and then just bring attention to that, maybe that's the, the way to start making money from it. Such as giving it away on art for free, for example. Yeah, but of course not everything. Like you need to find something, some way to monetize that. But just getting attention to to what you do. That's this is most like exposure. That's that's really important. Have you any other collaborations lined up? I had one collaboration with a musician. We made uh, one track together. But right now I'm uh, having an opportunity to make an original soundtrack for a game developer making game which is going to be released next year so i'm probably going to do that it's a great opportunity and uh, i'm working on a new album i believe it's going to be the best music i've ever made so far so hopefully that's going to be good and i want a uh, major record label to release that so far i was doing all independent stuff i was just putting it out on my own this album i feel like uh, i want to put it out through a record label how long have you been working on the album for uh, currently for two months. And how long does an album take to compose? That depends. Sometimes it takes two, only two weeks to make an album if you are in a good mood and if everything is uh, is working well for you. For example, I was making the album for Gary Vee for about four to five months. And it was mostly not making it. It was just like trying something and it didn't work out. So I had to put it in trash. <laughs> so... uh it's five months of making an album, but it, it takes only maybe 10 days to make the music. There's a lot of procrastination, you know, like a lot of side effects. Do you have any tips or secrets or hacks that you use when you're procrastinating to get back into that creative stage? Probably just not trying to make music when you are really not feeling like it's going to work. So just do everything else. Go out, maybe, you know, uh, go hiking, go to the city have a coffee with someone, just just don't try to make something when you really don't feel like it's going to be happening. If you don't mind me asking, people who share their work online sometimes get negative feedback. Have you received any negative feedback? And if so, how did you deal with it? Of course, yeah, it happens time to time. But it's only it's usually like one comment saying, I just got it recently. All your tracks sound sound the same. And like, yeah, it might be possible because it's my music and sometimes I uh, I might want to use the type of uh, instruments that I already use. So it might be similar and that's just who I am. That's like, I'm not trying to be anybody else with my music. So if it sounds similar, that's no problem for me. So you need to learn to differentiate the, the negative feedback that kind of can teach you something more about you. So for example, if somebody says, you know, and that fourth minute, that instrument sounds a little weird. So you can kind of, you know, like investigate and maybe make it better next time. But when somebody just uh, says uh, your music is shit and just, okay, like it's his opinion. So it's fine. So a, a lot of creative people would say that there's no such thing as an original creative work, and that it's always inspired by something else. Is that something that you buy into or, or do you try to put aside other people's work when you're composing? I'm trying to put it aside, but of course, uh, listen to some music, which is not my own. So I get inspired, even though I don't want to get inspired. I think it kind of comes to you. So uh, I believe that I'm trying to make my own music. I'm trying to just catch the moment when I really feel creative. And I just want to make what I feel. It's like, it's in me because a lot of musicians and artists, sometimes 
they are trying to not not really like steal other people's music, but it, they're trying to make their music sound like something. And I think uh, this is not a good approach. I think you should really just put it aside and try, at least try to make make you, just do you. Yeah. So for the purposes of people listening, uh, I can see behind you, there's a, there's a fantastic desk and uh, large monitors, microphones, keyboard and so on. But I'm just wondering when, you, when you're out and about and you think of something for your, your work, how do you capture it? Because like a writer would traditionally use an, a notepad or they might just write it with a pen and, or biro on their hand. Like what, what do you do? Well, uh, I used to try to memorize, but it didn't really work. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, sometimes it doesn't really usually happen, but it happens sometimes. And uh, I take my phone and I just try to like bring the melody. <laughs> but sometimes like when I come back, I just listen to it and it's like, what did I want to say by that? <laughs> so uh, it's just singing maybe the melody, trying to trying to get it out by mouth. But yeah, that's pretty much the only way. So you record it into your phone basically? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's like it's like a note you've, you've left to yourself. And I'm also curious, how do you know when something is done? Because you talked there about it took five to six months to finish Gary's album, and we talked about putting away the first version and restarting the whole project. So, how do you know when you're finished? So uh, sometimes you know it might be finished, and sometimes you just don't know. And you would still like because uh, I make something and I think it's finished, and then I wake up the next day and I'm just making more edits. And this happens for this might be happening for for weeks. So it's important to know where it's time to stop making the edits and just just leave it because I'm a little bit of perfectionist. I want everything to to be really great, but it's just not possible. Like I believe it's not possible to make it just perfect. Just try to make your best, and, and then just you have to leave it and work on other projects because otherwise I wouldn't be. Uh, releasing any any tracks and it's fact that a lot of people make a lot of music and they don't release anything they just they, they make so many edits when they decide it's not good enough so they put it aside and i i always say to my my friends who make also music just release a lot of things just put it out there because when your songs are not good nobody will notice them and when you make one really good song and you don't even think it's a good song, you like just another song and it just hits and it gets played like a million times on Spotify, which happened to me. And the song I was just, it's another song. And it's just, it totally, it, it made a huge boom. If that song makes a, a huge boom, then um, people will play that song and they won't look at your shitty work, which you made five years ago. So it's always better to make more stuff and put it out and just don't put out anything. So have lots of works that you've released rather than just trying to have one yeah. piece of music or work. That's that's really good. Yeah, I get that. I'm also curious as, so for Spotify, do musicians earn much money from Spotify or do artists earn, earn much money? Or is it just more of a way of connecting with fans? Well, it's a great way to connect with fans and you need to have quite a lot of streams there on a monthly basis to, to make, a, make an income. If you have like... A, 10,000 listeners a month. Yeah. It's not really like you make money. It's, it's possible. And it, like, you can, you can use that, but uh, it's not really like you won't make a living from that. Okay. That's good. That's good to know. So, so what's your most important channel online at the moment? So right now, uh, when it comes to income is definitely the licensing sites, probably Instagram. That's the best way. Instagram. Yeah. To, to connect with friends and fans. Oh, and for, Yeah. Yeah. 
new potential clients because uh, they, you know, they check out your profile and they see you make music. They check out your work and here you go and we have an email. Okay. So do you, do you have any uh, tips for someone who's creative, who, who's considering, you know, scaling up how to use Instagram? What should they do? Uh, they should probably, it's the best tool to connect with uh, the communities because you can search those uh, hashtags. So yeah. when you hashtag and you, you put there like filmmaker, yeah. posts from people who make films and you can just contact them or write a comments like, you know, you make a great work. I would like to work with you. I, I make music and I want to like connect and just connect with them and it works very easy. And so that's just pretty much the easiest way to, to use that. Okay, great, great. And so where can people find you, you online, Daniel, or your work? They can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, on my website. I launched uh, a page, a download page where anybody can download my work. Yeah. My, my old tracks and listen to them and uh yeah so pretty much everywhere it was great to talk to you today thank you for uh, talking to me i hope you enjoyed this podcast episode if you did please leave a rating on the itunes store and if you want to accomplish more with your writing please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and i'll send you a free email course thanks for listening